0: Everybody and welcome to a very special episode of the All Dot Pacers podcast called All Pacers Pod.
1: (laughs) You don't even we're 18 episodes in and you don't know the name of our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Hey everybody and welcome to all dot pacers podcast.
0: Hey, we've been doing this for a while today.
1: (laughs) All right, let's do it one more time. All right, take five or four.
0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of the All Pacers Pod. This is Jeremy, and with me, as always, is Jack and Breezy. How's it going, guys?
1: Dude, it's going pretty good. It's Not going to lie. Good. Austin doesn't have a mic, so I'm going to answer for him. Man, it's going pretty good.
2: Get out. Go out of the way. Oh, Austin has a stat. I'm going to move. Your breath smells like cinnamon. Um, I'm on Jack's mic right now. So, hey, guys. I haven't been on the podcast for... I don't know, a month now. I'm still alive. I'm still relatively healthy. Um, <laughs> Hey, but I got a stat of the day. All right. Do you guys know where you were on June 9th, 1999? I do not. Um, I
1: I could guess. I'll probably say the zoo.
2: I need you to come back over here and say it in your mic. Oh. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, I'm nope, going to... Nope. Maybe the zoo? I I don't know. I, I was young then.
2: <laughs> well, I think you're both wrong about where you thought you were. So, <laughs> I'll tell you where I was. I was in Indiana for a somber evening. Ooh. It was real somber. Because the Pacers went down 2-3 to the Knicks on that evening uh, and then would go on to lose the next game of the Eastern Conference Finals. Knicks then went on and lost to the Spurs. In the title season, um, and I think the Pacers may have even been able to beat that team, but uh, such is life. We move on, we regroup, and we do better in the future, although the Pacers still don't have a title, but whatever. Hey, Um, we have
0: ABA titles.
2: That's true. Actually, Yep, you're right, you're right. Pacers, uh, Roy Brown, George McGinnis, Clark Kellogg, Serial, all won titles (laughs) as Pacers. So... Here's what happened on this evening, though. I thought since this was a special episode where we're, spoiler alert, interviewing a Pacers MC. Oh, we are? I.
0: That is a spoiler.
2: I wanted to find a stat, a, an MC stat, so I couldn't think of any Pacers with the initials MC. So I, the first one that came to mind was Marcus Camby. So that's why I got this Knicks-Pacers game. And uh, anyways, in this game, Marcus Camby came off the bench and dominated the Pacers for 21 points, 13 rebounds, and 6 blocks. Wow. And a plus 20, plus minus. Uh, So, yeah, sorry that this isn't even really a Pacers stat. <laughs> But I uh, wanted to be on brand for today. Just a
0: really crushing stat, honestly.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. You talk about crushing Marcus Canby. He was a, a big boy. Yeah,
1: let me add something real quick. Yeah, let me add something. Uh, just so everyone knows, MC is spelled with an E E
0: M C E E. Well, no one has those initials.
2: Yeah. You couldn't find anyone with E M C E E initials? No, not that plays basketball in America. <laughs> so
0: no one named. Everett, Michael Cooper. Uh, Chase.
1: <laughs> so no one named Eli like what? I don't know. Like just Everett
0: Everett, Michael, Chase, Elijah Elliot.
1: <laughs> no one? No one's named that. That's no crazy. That. What? Um thank you, Austin, as always, for that stat. Um It was delightful and sad, but not delightful forgot what it was it was a can be right yeah <laughs> yeah not a good stat we we you know we should have won the championship that year but what can we you... let reggie down
0: well moving on from that we have a very special guest today we are interviewing jillian deem mc for the pacers and that interview is coming up right now Woo!
1: so we're joined here with jillian deem who is an mc for the pacers um hey jill how are you doing
3: hey i'm doing great how are you guys
1: Great. We're um, great. Thanks. We got Jeremy over here. Austin producing. I'm Jack um, and Jill. We're just going to get into some of these questions. So um, I think it'd be great if we could just get to know you a little bit. So where did your career start? We know that you weren't an MC for long. It's only been recent. Um, and if we can remember just from going to Pacers games. Um, so like what was your goal coming out of college? Um, where'd you see yourself at this point in your life? I guess.
3: Yeah, that's a great question because I'm glad to even be t- chatting with you guys right now. It's been it's been a fun journey. So I went to Butler University. I graduated in 2010, and from there I had a career in news for eight years. I was an anchor and reporter, so I was in Champaign, Illinois for four years, worked for an NBC affiliate and a CBS affiliate, and then came over to Indy in 2014 and worked for Fox and CBS, which is confusing because it's a duopoly. So I worked for both stations, and uh, which is hard to even explain, and I won't even uh, waste time on your podcast even going into all that. But, it's yeah, it's been a wild ride, a really great ride in a lot of ways doing uh, news. So I worked for Fox and CBS here and uh, starting work- working for the Pacers in 2016 as an MC. And really, I was brought into that from two of my coworkers, Lara Overton, who was a sports reporter, and she still is for the Colts now, and uh, Lindy Thaxton, who's a morning anchor, they were already MCs. and you know what? I can't even tell you how they got started, but they're the ones who really brought me into it. I saw them at a game after I moved back here. I remember telling both of them, hey, this looks like so much fun, and um, long story short, you know, they're both so supportive and were kind enough to bring me in on it and say, hey, we need help, because at the time all of us had crazy hours. So I used to wake up at 2 a.m. I'd go into work at three, you know, we'd work the morning show. We had a six hour morning show on Fox, four hour morning show on CBS. And, you know, I'd get done depending on whatever breaking news was going on sometime in the afternoon. It always varied. So, you know, we'd go home and maybe nap for a little bit. We'd work a game and then we'd basically come home and nap for a little bit and wake up at two. So they needed, um, extra help, I guess you could say, because all of us were (laughs) exhausted. So now I'm the only MC for the females. You know, there's, there's two male MCs, but I'm the only woman doing it this season. And last season it was Lindy and I, and you know, she may come back. She um, has a kid and has that crazy schedule. And now Lara's really busy with the Colts, but they're the ones who really brought me in. So I'm so thankful for that because it's you know, it's women being supportive of other women and saying like, "Here, you can do this too," and and helping bring you into that career.
0: Our guy Jack here knows all about that crazy schedule because he works for the uh, Fox affiliate here in Louisville. Oh
3: my Louisville. gosh! So you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I am not a reporter or an anchor. I do production and editing. But nice. Uh, yeah, I work the morning shows during the week and on weekends.
3: Oh, I'm I'm thinking of you right now. Then, oh my gosh, <laughs>
1: it's, it's tough, man. <laughs> it's tough. I get it
3: constant state of like sleep deprivation yeah, yeah
1: and i'm i'm still new and i've heard from my co-workers that like you never get used to the sleep schedule you get used to functioning while you're tired exactly
3: they are 100 so, percent correct you never <laughs> yes, get used to
1: it <laughs> which i'm not even used to functioning while i'm tired yet so we'll see we'll see how long that <laughs> yeah, takes but
3: i'll be thinking of you thank you thank <laughs> thoughts you, thank and prayers are with you <laughs>
1: <laughs> right on
3: oh my gosh yeah it is brutal I mean, I, yeah, I did that for eight years and then, um, gosh, it would have been back in September of 2018. I got out of news and was still doing Pacers. So, you know, this is my fourth season, um, as an MC, but like I said, this time, you know, being the only MC, that's the first time that I've done that before you guys might have seen, you know, Lara or Lindy or, or somebody else too. So, um, in between them, I was at a PR firm. I also, uh now work several other kind of gigs. I, I teach out Pilates as I was telling you guys right when we got on the call, kind of random. I do other MC work and then I'm doing a, a freelance gig with the hospital right now. So I keep busy. It's fun. But yeah, coming off of news, uh, I feel for you because that was those were the craziest years of my life.
0: Yeah, for
1: sure.
3: <laughs> yeah. But I, I love my job now. It's It's so fun. I mean, I'm excited to be talking to you guys. I get excited to go into work. And I feel like I put work in quotes because I get so excited every time I get to go to a game and I'm like, I can't believe I'm getting paid to do this. This is so fun.
1: (laughs) So cool. So cool.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: what skills were you able to bring over from your other careers into being an MC?
3: Yeah, that's a good question too, because I think I never imagined I'd even be doing this kind of work. Um, I even stumbled into journalism in a way, but that's a whole other story. I think just in terms of skills, I think just being maybe a a people person or genuinely curious about people interviewing skills, knowing what questions to ask, which you guys are, you know, doing right now, you know, that it's easier than it, than it sounds like it is sometimes as I'm sure, you know, you guys have had people listen to your podcast and, and you guys think, yeah, it's not as easy as you think sometimes, you know? So I think, uh, interviewing skills and just genuinely, I I like people for the most part, you know, there's always uh, exceptions, but I think I genuinely love people. And I think, you have to when you're in a career like that. You have to be curious. You have to really, you know, have a passion for hearing people's stories. And that's how I feel still at the games. I I love when people stop and talk to me, or you get to just joke around with the fans, and and they realize you're just a, a fan and a and a person just like them.
1: Awesome. Um, have you like gotten to know some of these fans who come to the games a lot, and like, do you, have you gotten to grow any relationships with any of them?
3: Yeah. So there are regulars, of course, the season ticket holders and the people that are in the same spot. So then you do start to see some of the familiar faces. And then some of them have even uh, reached out on social media to the point where now I have a friendship with some of them where we, you know, talk on social media. And then I see them at the games and it's really cool.
1: So cool.
0: The last game I was at was the uh, when the Sixers were in town, and you interviewed the thirty for thirty for thirty guy.
3: Yes. How
0: does how does that happen? Does he reach out to you? Do you hear that he's in the arena and go and talk to him? How does how do you get that connection?
3: Yeah, that is an awesome question too, because so many times I think people don't realize how organic these hits can be. I had no idea he was going to be there. In fact. Uh, thankfully, the guys in charge of game operations, which they deserve really all, all the credit for the way the games go in terms of entertainment. And that's uh, Dean Haviland and Doug Morgan. They had heard about it. And I think they were already getting ready to, you know, work him into the game anyway. But the fans are so good about it. You know, people at the game, they came up when they saw me and they're like, hey, do you realize that this guy's sitting here? So I thought that was so cool that people did that because they care enough to, you know, want to make sure that the that the Pacers show him some hospitality. And and that was really fun. So I had no idea he was there until people told me. And then of course my bosses at the Pacers had been given the same heads up and kind of worked him into the schedule and said, Oh yeah, we of course have to talk to this guy. So that was a lot of fun.
1: That's so cool. And you interviewed Sway Lee.
3: Yes. <laughs> that was so another sick. unexpected interview. So I don't know about you guys, but I have so many songs of his like on my Spotify playlist that I didn't even realize that he was, you know, the artist. He's collaborated, you know, with like every major artist out there and has so many um, great tracks that he's put out. So I didn't realize again that he was at the game and he's sitting there in like a I think it was like a velvet jumpsuit on court side. So you know he's somebody. They're like, "Okay, this looks like somebody." So finally, I don't know who identified him. They're like, "Wait a second, that's that's Sway Lee. Like he's here because he's, you know, performing and he's with Post Malone." So we were like, "Oh my gosh, this is so cool." And he couldn't have been nicer. I mean, we just ran over to him really quick when we had a break and and you guys know how it can be. It can be hit or miss with celebrities and artists. Mm-hmm. But he was so nice. He was like, oh, yeah, for sure. You can interview me. Sounds good. And was just great on the spot. And and so that was really fun.
1: So if we wear velvet jumpsuits to games, there's a chance <laughs> we get on the big screen. Is that what we're hearing?
3: Yes, I'm hearing. Yeah, absolutely. If you show up in a velvet jumpsuit, I will be sure to get you on the Jumbotron.
0: You'll, you'll have to look for us a little bit higher in the stands. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to look at the back wall.
3: <laughs> yeah i love that no that's uh that was fun people knew based on uh, just what he was wearing they're like this is someone important
1: yeah um i we also reached out to him on instagram to see if he wanted to come be a guest uh, oh my not gosh gotten, i love that yeah has not gotten back to us
3: <laughs> don't <laughs> expect yeah, I, him to he's, he might be a little busy right yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah maybe maybe <laughs> um so what's been your favorite game to mc so
3: far Oh gosh. So it's hard to pick because I think there have been you know so many great games within the last you know three and a half years. But when Oladipo came back this season, that was just such a great game. I mean, first of all, the energy from the crowd was so amazing, and that makes such a difference in Banker's life when when everybody is just so pumped up every time that he stood up. You know, people were cheering and going crazy, and and then of course with that three point shot you Know in that game that was just such a wonderful moment, so I feel like that was a highlight for sure. Oh, for sure.
1: Uh, we didn't get a chance to go up to that game, uh, we live right north of Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and I worked at 4 a.m. the next morning, so I yeah. made the decision <laughs> I to not you. go. Yep, <laughs> but uh, I mean, we talked about it, we were running around our houses, jumping around, like so hyped for that game, oh, I um, especially when Ola Depot came in. Like that kind of moment just means so much to Indy, and it that really totally makes does.
3: sense. I, I i love it. i love it i just love the enthusiasm from the fans and like you guys said even you know where you are running around <laughs> it's, yeah. it's so fun
1: i'm glad no one saw me running around i'm sure it's embarrassing i'm
3: sure <laughs> i love it yes
0: uh can you take us through what a typical game day looks like for you
3: sure so we show up earlier than i think maybe people might realize I mean the people like Dean who I mentioned and Doug they're there all day so those guys I actually have to give a shout out to them because they're the ones who really make the experience they're the ones getting together the music the giveaways the entertainment the halftime show the the drum line the lights the fire everything you see they create that experience for everyone so I feel like they're the guys behind the scenes That, you know, people don't realize how much work they really put into making it a a fun night for the fans, for families, you know, for kids to enjoy too. So uh, Dean and Doug, they put together the lineup for how the games are going to go. Everything that you're going to do before the game, you know, everything you do for each timeout or a quarter break. So... I would come in, you know, if a game started at seven, I'd come in maybe around five. So depending on when the game started or five thirty rather, and just go over everything with them, you know, they'll say, here's why we have you in this section. And a lot of it is based off of, you know, where they have their photographers, the guys that are, you know, shooting other parts of the game. So they put us in specific positions. I always feel bad side note when people are like, I'm going to be in this section, come here. And I feel bad being like, Oh, everything's already planned out. I wish I could, you know? <laughs> So that just gives you an idea of kind of how much thought goes into it. They plan out every location. They try and make sure that, you know, we're going to different spots and seeing different views and seeing different fans. And, um, you know, there's games, there's games where we interact with fans and they can win prizes or, or trivia games. And some of it's just intros, but you know, you guys have probably seen some of the crazy things they even do on the court where they've got people in, you know, giant, like inflatable hamster balls, or they have people doing a St. Elmo's shrimp eating contest or, you know, so it just varies, but you come in, you go over it and you basically hope for the best because you guys know how technology is. So there's a lot of making sure we have the right microphone, you know, maybe the IFB, is not working? I think there's a lot of stuff like that that goes on that, that people don't realize, but overall, I mean, for me as an MC, it's, it's so much fun. I mean, it's, it's nothing compared to the stress of news. I mean, the stress of news is a whole other story. I mean, this kind of stuff is fun. So, yeah, that's the gist of it. You know, we stay till the end of the game and and do it all over again for the next game.
1: What's speaking of like the bits you do or like the segments you do during the game, what's been like your favorite ones to do? What are your kind of go-to? We don't know a better word than bit. Is there a better word?
3: Yeah. No, I think that, yeah, like a segment or a, a a hit, I guess they call them live hits. You know, it is weird because since it isn't TV, it's, it's kind of different. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like, well, one of the things that they do every game that I genuinely love is when the power pack and Boomer come out and do their show at the third quarter break. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to see them, but the power pack is these guys, they're, they're gymnasts really. I mean, they jump on the trampoline and they do all those flips and, And dunk the ball. And it's just such a fun, entertaining part. It never gets old for me. And even Boomer, I mean, he is so funny. I won't say his name, the guy who is Boomer, but he's hilarious. And he's always, you know, making everybody laugh. And even with his giant head on and his outfit, he's doing flips and dunking the ball. And I just love it. I feel like I never get tired of introing that segment and I get to kind of just stand on the court and watch them and enjoy the show. So that's something that's consistent every single game that I love. Um, I will say, I think it depends on the games. You know, sometimes we do something unique. I mean, I was thinking about this before our conversation and I was actually, I was laughing with one of the other MCs, Kurt, cause I told him, I'm like, Hey, I'm doing this podcast. It'll be a lot of fun. And he said, Oh, are you going to tell him the key bank dealer, no deal story? And I was laughing, thinking, you know what, I have to. So uh, speaking of favorite segments, I do love when we do the KeyBank game. Have you guys ever seen that where you have a chance to win money and there's money in the cases? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we do that quite a bit. And, you know, we love working with KeyBank. Juan is the banker who comes out on the court. And, you know, a lot of times we have, you know, charities that people play for. So it's always a lot of fun. But I had one game where I just totally botched it. And it was in front of like a big crowd. I mean, it was, it was so embarrassing and terrible. It was IMS night. So we had Ed Carpenter playing the game next to me. And I think I had just gotten like too comfortable doing it. And I guess that's a life lesson for anything. You know, I just I got like too comfortable. You know, I was like, oh, what are we doing next? Oh yeah, key bank dealer, no deal game. Cool. So I go out there and I'm, you know doing the same thing like, all right, you got to pick a case. We got to bring it on right next to you. Cause the concept is they, they can win up to $500 or as low as $50. So they're winning money no matter what, but there's four cases. Basically they have to decide if they want to, you know, go with the case next to them after eliminating two cases and or take the deal that the banker offers them. So it's just a quick fun version of the bigger game, but I just messed up and as soon as he's picked a case I was like, "All right, let's see what's in the case." And I wasn't supposed to do that. And you know, whoever was holding it, one of the pacemates, they popped it open and Uh, Long story short, I basically ruined the game and no one knew what to do. (laughs) And I could just see, it was like, I have nightmares about it. I could just see everybody's face in the crowd, like confused too, like being like, what? Um, so, yeah, we were able to salvage it thankfully because he was playing for charity. So, Juan was able to just be like, We're just giving you a grand, we're giving you a thousand bucks. So, nice. but yeah, afterwards I, I walked off the court and we just could not stop laughing because it was so bad. And I just, <laughs> I feel like I can't go without, you know, mentioning my most embarrassing moment ever as an MC because everybody knew it didn't go as planned and they're like, What is wrong with that girl? <laughs> <laughs>
1: What's your, okay, on that note, what's like the peak moment of your emceeing career?
3: Oh, man. Uh, see, yeah, in contrast to that, I'm trying to think of uh, one where I redeemed myself. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think anytime that we've had a playoff game, those are always fun because it's like that energy with the game where Oladipo came back. It's a different kind of feel where, you know, a lot of times it's a gold out and and everybody's just cheering. It's, it makes it feel so different, and I think those games have stuck out the most because you know they're just so much fun. As um, terms of highlights, personally, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure if I thought about it more, I could think of you know some specific games. So sorry if you're hearing something in the background.
1: Yeah, no, we. I know I sprung that question on you. I was just. I mean, it's, it probably means that you're just always great at your job.
3: Oh, oh. geez, yeah, I wish that's what it meant. <laughs> Unless you're doing the
1: the the deal or no deal that one day. (laughs)
3: Yeah. I got to tell Kurt, I'm like, yep, I'm going to bring it up. It's, it's going to be weird, (laughs) but I'm going to tell him, I mean, sometimes you have to just laugh at yourself because it is one of those gigs. Like, I mean, all of us are realistic about the fact that we know we're, we're MCs and we just, you know, give away t-shirts and have fun with the crowd. I mean, we're not doing anything earth shattering out there. Um, but yeah, but it's like, it's fun. And I, hopefully it adds something. I, sometimes people have come up and stuff where they tell us like, Hey, that, you know, thank you guys. It adds a lot, you know, to the game and, and that makes us feel good. And, and then there's the people out there that of course, you know, think we're so annoying, which I, I know comes with the territory. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I've had people, you know, comment on social media and say things. One guy this year, what did he say? He's like, all she does is scream in the mic. And I'm like, well, touche. That's true. um, Yeah. So, you know, it's like any job where you put yourself out there publicly, some people are going to think you're annoying and and some people are going to love it. But I I think the important thing is just, I, I don't take it for granted. I I'm so excited about it and realize it's such a fun job to have in quotes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, kind of going along the same line with the the live hits you do. Do you do you have a favorite memory of an interaction with a fan or something that you've been doing live at the games with the fan that just really sticks out to you?
3: Yeah, I think I've been around for a few proposals, which have been so much fun. Um, a couple of them, I did one in my first season, I remember, and. It was uh, we acted like they were contestants in a game. And then, you know, of course, he sprung it on her and everybody was cheering. And that was kind of the case this season as well. We had another proposal where, you know, the um, guy who was proposing was there with his kid. So it was really special because we did the whole game thing. You know, she had no idea. And then when she turned around, he was on one knee and, and his kid was next to him. So it was so cute. So oh, I think Sorry we, to
0: interrupt, but that was, I think that was the Sixers game. I think I was there. Yes!
3: Definitely. Were you there for that yeah, one? Yeah, I was
0: there for that one. That was a cool one.
3: That was really cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I love those um, type of fan interactions because you get to be there on what an important day for them and moment for them. And to just be a part of it is an honor.
1: Okay, I'm watching right now. Um, yeah, just... Making sure, yeah, this what this happened in 2018. There's a tic-tac-toe game that happened at the Pacers Bankers Life Stadium. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, were you there for that?
3: Yes, I was. I that was Jermaine who uh, did that hit, and I was there as it happened. Yes,
1: <laughs> that's probably the highlight of his career, right?
3: Oh, we were cracking up, you know. And that's one of those th- instances too, where like I feel for the guy because here I just told you guys my embarrassing story. I think what happens is. People don't realize how you're going to feel when you're all of a sudden standing in front of almost, you know, 18,000 people or whatever the crowd is that night. And it's like I felt for that guy. I immediately was like, oh, I know what that feels like to mess up. And everybody's like, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> Man, everyone in this clip right now is so confused.
3: Yeah, yeah, he was. I think he literally yelled in the mic, what are you doing? Um yeah, we were, we were laughing, but at the same time, whoever that guy was, I can't remember his name, the guy who, who did it. I was like thinking, I'm there with you, man. I have done some stupid stuff. I get it.
1: <laughs> All right. Let's talk about basketball a little bit. Yeah. I know we kind of have been in a way, but. <laughs> so is the game of basketball something that you've always loved, or has this job been your way into the sport? Or maybe just sports in general.
3: Sure. I think like most people, I grew up playing sports. I grew up playing soccer and I I grew up dancing and other things. But really, I would say this job has been the intro into it, as you mentioned. I went, you know, to Butler and I was there in 2010 when Basketball team went to the championship game. I was there for that game. It was such an awesome moment, and that was kind of the moment for me where I realized how much uh, Indiana fans just loved basketball. Like, kind of clicked for me because my hometown is a small town in Illinois, south of Chicago, and so I grew up watching Chicago sports. And you know, of course, back in the day, especially when the Bulls were were huge. I, you know, had like the bull starter jackets. I don't know. I might be too old by like saying all that. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. So oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, good. I'm like, oh I sound so old when I remember that.
0: I had a Charlotte starter jacket. So I was on board with the starter jackets.
3: <laughs> oh you had to have a starter jacket. Yeah. So I guess you know I was always a, a fan in a way, but I really feel like that moment with butler basketball showed me just the difference between Indiana fans, because I really do think that the fans here are so passionate and, um, you know, I just, I think I followed basketball a little bit closer after that, especially with Brad Stevens. And then, um, it wasn't truly though, until I moved back to Indy, you know, after working in Champaign as an anchor and reporter, I came back here in 2014 and that's when I started going to Pacers games just as a fan. And that's when I did see, you know, Lara and Lindy and my coworkers you know, doing their thing out there. And I thought, man, this is really something special. You know, the games, the fans, the energy, I loved it. So when I started in 2016, I would say that's when I really became a true fan. But leading up to that point, you know, it was just kind of like anything, a journey of of different things that all brought me here.
1: You've been at the Pacers since 2016. Has there been like any player that stood out to you as, you know, just like a, a nice dude or... A cool guy or i don't know just something that someone one of the players has done that stood out to you in a cool way that's really stuck with you
3: oh that's a good question um yeah gosh that is good because you know a lot of times i've only gotten to interview the players uh, a few i mean i'm trying to even think i can only count on on my hand i mean because i've been to a fan event for ticket season holders and our season ticket holders rather and uh talk to them there so we don't have any personal you know connections with Mm -hmm. them but i think seeing some of the charity work i mean miles turner has always been really big on you know his charity work out in the community and you can just tell he really cares i mean i never have even spoken to miles but i see his dad all the time at the games and he couldn't be Nicer to everybody and I don't know it's just one of those things where I think his his passion for helping the community stands out to me and of course with I mean Oladipo everybody just just loves him and it was amazing just to have him back here and it kind of marked the start of a whole other chapter for the pacers so I feel like he's just another one that just I could see how special that was when he came here. So I, you know, both of those guys are just awesome. I mean, really all the guys, this, this season has already been so fun seeing the way everybody came together too. When, when Oladipo was injured and, and all of the guys, I mean, they have been, you know, nothing but nice in terms of just, you know, passing us and saying hello. I mean, that's the extent of my interaction with most of them, you know?
1: (laughs) That's awesome though. Um, I mean, you're, just feeding into all of our fans that love Miles Turner and are still rooting for him. so
2: Yeah. Just
1: giving them more positive vibes about Miles right. Turner. Right. Such a yeah. good guy, yeah. Great to hear. So, you were there during Paul George's, the end of his uh, yes. time with the Pacers. hmm D- Could you tell, like, a difference in vibe with the fans and the stadium, like, when Paul George left?
3: Gosh, that's a good question, too, because... Paul George is actually one of the few players I, I did get a chance to interview and um, really nice guy as well. You know, I, I know he was playing his video game with, with a, a kid, a fan when, when I interviewed him. So I thought he did a really good job just, you know, being kind to all the the young fans that he had, you know, cause those guys of course get, I just have so much pressure. I think I just feel for them because they, they have a lot of pressure, a lot of eyes on them at all times um, in terms of how it changed You know, gosh, that is a good question, because I think there was just fear for so long when everybody, when the, you know, rumors started coming out and people talking about him leaving. I I do think that was a a hard moment for a lot of fans when they started to hear about some of the things going on and how is this trade going to look and all of that. So um, I do think you start to feel a difference in vibe from, you know the people around you, the fans. But, you know, I can't speak to how I felt around him because I've only interviewed him once and he was a perfectly nice guy. But, but yeah, that was a complicated time.
1: Yeah. I still haven't healed from it. Not
3: going yeah. <laughs> to lie. I know. Oh, it, it's tough for fans.
1: Yeah. Hey, but we did get two all-stars out of it a bonus in Sabonis and Oladipo. So it yes, worked out.
3: Did. Oh, At yeah, it worked out day. really good.
1: Do you want to do all-time Pacers starting five, Jeremy?
0: Sure. We, so one thing we like to do is if you, we like to ask if people have an all time Pacers starting five, do you have, do you have five, your all time Pacers
3: all time? I love it. Okay. So I feel like if I had to really pick my all time, many of them would be current players because that's what I know. So, you know, I was, yeah, I would say Oladipo. I mean, if I had to go to past players, of course, I'm going to say Reggie Miller. You have to, um, yes. You know, and he was just at the game with the Trailblazers. So that was so cool to see. I mean, fans were loving coming up to him, kids getting photos with him. That was really cool. Um, I guess I would say maybe, oh, either if I was going like, you know, in the archives, maybe like Jalen Rose or Lance Stevenson because. Oh lance is just so fun he was you know at a game this season too and they played a little tribute to him and you know pan the camera over so that was really fun he's just such a you know big big uh life force he's a character you know uh and then i guess i would say um sabonis and and miles turner so uh, I, yeah it's hard because i kind of interchanged jalen rose and lance stevenson yeah. so uh, it's okay. hard to say. It's hard to say. Do you guys have yours? Like, do you know every time you're like, oh, yeah, this is my all-time starting five? I think I think
1: we know. I wasn't prepared for this question. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, I thought we were going to be asking all the questions.
3: Sorry, <laughs> sorry. It's a <habit>. no, uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> All-time pacer starting five. I'm doing my two guards. I agree with you. Lance, Steve. I mean, <laughs> Victor Oladipo and Reggie Miller. Wow, I almost said Lance. Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: Love Lance. He is... Perfect for Indiana basketball. He fit the mentality oh, yeah. perfectly. And he may come back to the Pacers one day. Who knows?
3: Who knows? Yeah.
1: Oladipo Reggie at guards. Yeah, I agree. Jermaine O'Neal at center.
3: Oh, nice.
0: Yeah. I like I love Rick Smiths, but you have to go Jermaine Rick O'Neal. Rick Smiths
1: over Jermaine
3: O'Neal?
0: I said you have to go Jermaine O'Neal.
1: What? Okay, well, then I'll put him at power forward. Give me big Roy Hibbert at center. Oh, and then small forward. Paul George. Hmm. I don't know about it's Paul George. Be.
3: <laughs> See, I was wondering if you guys were going to say that. I, I, Of course, I was thinking of Paul George. And then in light of our like conversation we just had, I'm like, oh, man, is that too touchy?
0: Among, <laughs> yeah, it's too touchy. <laughs> Among all our Pacers friends, they, they are all just completely done with Paul George. I like to thank him for what he did for the organization. Yes, absolutely. He was so good for a long time. I'm okay with him.
3: Yeah,
1: oh, you're, good. You're so political, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, small forward. That's a who's George McGinnis. Yeah, George McGinnis oh, is a yeah. good one. Yeah. He won us some championships in the 70s. What about you, Jeremy?
0: Uh, I just agreed with all of them. Oh, except for <laughs> Paul go,
1: George. In yeah. I think your Lance Stevenson slash Jalen Rose pick was great. Yeah. Jalen Rose might have been our best player when we went to the finals.
3: Yeah.
1: Could have been. And uh, Lance is just Indiana, so I think that's a great choice. Yeah, that's awesome. So Uh,
0: I know you said you don't interact with players players a lot, but did you ever talk to Lance Stevenson or have a interview him, or do you have a favorite memory of him?
3: You know, Lance is one of the players I have not ever interviewed. I think he's had some really funny moments, you know, while playing at Bankers Life. I mean, he's certainly you know made headlines before for funny. Funny reactions he's had and, and things. I just love how animated he is. That's why I think the the fans really love him.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's what it is. I mean when he like played dead on the court and then just yeah. popped up like it was nothing. <laughs>
3: oh yeah. <I> <laughs>
1: or when he blew in LeBron's ear. I mean all that stuff. It was great.
3: Yep. yep. The
1: guitar playing. <laughs> and so good. Okay, what other questions do we have, Jeremy?
0: If one of our listeners was trying really hard to get up on the screen. For one of the games or something I know you said you plan it all out during the day is there anything they can do to try and up their chances yeah
1: we need some pro tips we need some oh pro tips. this is
3: good so similar to the interview we talked about with the 30 for 30 for 30 guy mm. uh, I think he even mentioned this in in some of his interviews because now of course I, I follow him on social media but I think a lot of times if you get a seat that's near an aisle and you're dressed in something crazy, that's going to be a really easy way for them to put you on camera because <laughs> yeah. that way they can get to you because you probably see the, the videographers slash photographers and when they move around Banker's life, you know, they're all over the place too. Some of them are in station position because they just got to get the game. But the guys that are out and about and, and women who are out and about getting the fans uh, they're the ones they have to kind of weave in and out throughout, you know, some of the the aisles or, or rather just the staircase, you know. So I think if you're on the end of a section and you're wearing something crazy, they're going to find a way to come to you most of the time. <laughs>
0: That's good to know.
3: <laughs> um, but yeah, if we're in a section already doing something like there's been a few times where, you know, all of a sudden I see like – we were doing a fun game the other day and there was this little kid dressed up as the thingamajig from a masked (laughs) singer. And he was so adorable. We're like, Oh my gosh, we have to get him on. So of course he helped play a game and then he won something signed by Oladipo. So there is a little bit of flexibility sometimes where we see someone and we're like, Oh my goodness, they they look too good. We got to get him on (laughs) camera. So I think if you just go all out, you gotta, you have a good chance of getting on there.
1: Amazing. I'd love to see that costume.
3: Oh yeah, it was I'm cute.
1: surprised
0: you don't have that costume, John.
3: <laughs> no, I'm, it's my next
1: purchase.
0: <laughs> he wears an Ola Depot jersey every time we record. So.
1: Oh, I love it. I gotta get into you know I gotta you can get mix it. mix it
0: up. Wear a thingamajig costume yeah, next go, time. With the
3: there mouse. you go. I like that.
0: All right, now we're thinking.
1: <laughs> so okay, so for someone like interested in maybe getting started in a career similar to something like you're doing as an MC or hosting or new or whatever it may be. What's some unique skills that you think you have or that you've learned over the years that has helped you become successful in your field?
3: I think initially breaking into an industry like this and and you guys know this, you know, with with your background too is having the ability to shoot and edit and do all that technical work, you know, a lot of times and and you guys know this too that people think you know, life in, in broadcast or, or news is glamorous and it's just about the farthest thing from it. Pretty much anybody you see that has made it to a certain point has, you know, put in just, you know, hours and hours of, of crazy, you know, work and, and work hours leading up to that point. And I think you you just have to have the skills you have to know, especially these days, how, how to shoot, how to edit, how to actually put all of, you know the elements together from start to finish before you jumped into anything that was considered maybe on air or you know something different so i think that's a big misconception is like people think about it maybe it's just this outdated thought as the way the industry has changed that you know it's like ron burgundy anchorman and you're just showing up reading a teleprompter and it's so different <laughs> so different from that now i think anybody who breaks in the industry has has had to really learn you know, all aspects of, you know, creating your own presence and and brand on social media. And that's something that's like I've even felt really behind on just because I am older and I think social media hasn't, you know, become what it was until, you know, the last, gosh, I don't know, five years it's gotten so huge. And I think for anybody starting out, if they're listening to this and they're thinking, you know, that's something they want to do, um, I'll say the first cheesy thing is is not to give up because you're going to have so many people that tell you no or you know, you'll hear ten nice comments and and one bad comment, and then that one bad comment sticks with you. It's like anything. So you can't get distracted by that. You can't get distracted by one person telling you no. You just gotta keep moving forward and and keep building up your skill set. I mean, technology is so advanced now, you can shoot and edit right on your phone. I mean, you know, you've got iMovie on your phone or laptop, like I do. That's something that you could just throw something together, and it's higher quality than anything I could have imagined. You know, ten years ago, um, it's crazy how well our iPhones iPhones can shoot. So I think you just have to put yourself out there. You have to go on YouTube and and you have to make your own podcast like you guys are doing you just have to do it because i'm sure before you guys started your podcast it was probably scary i mean i don't know i can't speak for you but i'm sure it was probably a little overwhelming at first i don't know did you guys feel like that
1: yeah i mean uh jeremy and austin had a podcast before and i'm sure they'll still work on it again one day we'll see but uh we came in pretty confident uh or i i wasn't super confident but just being around them helped me out and i i mean i think Being around the right people, too, has helped out with all this stuff.
3: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: So we do have a ton of foreign fans, fans from different countries all around the globe, like Croatia, Australia, Italy. Sorry if I missed any of your countries uh, to anyone that's listening. But we've gotten some questions before, and we did a mailbag episode one time, and they asked us, what's some of the best places to eat in Indy? What's some of the best things to do when you come into town? Can you you, uh, help us out with that?
3: That's so good because, of course, you want to show off Indy because Indy's become such a foodie city. There's so many good restaurants. Where do I even start? I feel like for brunch, everybody always says it, but Patichu is such a classic. and. I mean, all of Martha's restaurants now with, you know, Napoli's and and everything that's Petit Chew. I was just there last night, actually, um, <laughs> having dinner instead of brunch. So I love the food there. I feel like we've just got such a great mix. The way that Mass Ave has just blown up um, and the way even just the the side streets off of that. I mean, I love livery. I'm trying to think. I'm Of course, now I'm like trying to think of my favorite restaurants. I love Tinker Street. I love... Um, in Broad Ripple area, there's Ambrosia. I feel like there's just so many local spots now that depending on what area of town you pick, you could really hit up some unique spots, you know, so if they came to Mass Ave, they could walk along there and and find so many unique places to grab a drink, to grab a bite to eat. Or if they went to Broad Ripple, you know, you guys know Broad Ripple has its own unique unique feel. There's a lot of um, different restaurants there that you could choose. So I feel like I love uh, that there's options depending on where you're at downtown or if, or if you're just in the heart of downtown, too. It's been great to see the way they've built things up. You know, when the Super Bowl came here, I got to see that transition from, you know, what Indy was like in 2010 when I was in college, as opposed to when I came back, you know, when we hosted the Super Bowl and saw Georgia Street built up. And it just made me so proud to, to say, wow, look at the way this city has grown. We We really have a lot to offer now. We have great sports. We have all kinds of restaurants. So I feel like they're really going to be surprised by the food here if they come. At least I think so.
1: Heck yeah. So, okay. What's like the restaurant if you're finishing up a game and you're starving? Where do you go?
3: (laughs) Oh man, okay, that's tough because so many places are closed by the time that I'm getting out of there. So normally I just get desperate and go get some fast food.
0: There you go.
1: <laughs> so you go to the White Castle,
0: right?
3: Oh gosh, I'll tell you that's one thing I won't actually do. No no dish to White Castle, but
0: I don't blame you. I, I I wouldn't eat there either.
1: And let me just say, let me just say real quick, we have no feelings towards White Castle. White Castle, if you ever want to sponsor us, we're open.
3: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: if you want to sponsor us, I'll eat there every day. It's no problem.
1: I don't know. Actually, I might not commit to that. Yeah I'm, with, yeah, I'm with Jill on this.
3: No, no hate to White Castle at all. Totally, no people love White Castle. I just am more of a Taco Bell kind of person. So, if I have a craving after a game, I will go through Taco Bell, um, which is, I know, not healthy at all. Uh, so that can get kind of dangerous because you know how it is at the end of the games. But I'll tell you what, if I'm at the games and I start to get really hungry, you guys know that pretzel stand, that's like the Amish style pretzels, pretzels, pretzels that are right outside of like the main staircase when you come in outside of section two. Gosh, what's the name? It's like ands or yeah.
0: Our producer just said he had one the other night. (laughs) Oh, I
3: love it. Aren't those the best? Because you can get it either with cheese or you can get it with cinnamon and dip it in the icing. And I think they got to try one of those because those are the best pretzels you will ever have.
1: (laughs) I actually haven't had that yet. So now I know where to go. Yeah, there you go. There you go.
3: (laughs) Yeah, you got to check that out. My parents, they come from Chicago area. And my mom will get excited to come to a game just to have those pretzels. Like She'll say, I can't (laughs) wait to have one of those Amish pretzels. Like That's her highlight.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, Jillian, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, This was a lot of fun. Learned some new stuff about MCs and everything.
3: Oh, I appreciate Uh, it. Thank you, guys. I mean, I've loved chatting with you. There's so many things I want to ask you guys, so I guess I'll have to wait till after the podcast, but... I love what you guys are doing. It's really cool.
1: Heck yeah, we appreciate that. And it's been fun and it's been really great to talk to you and learn a little bit more about the Pacers. But real quick, Jill, before we let you go and wrap this podcast up, can you break some news for us? Who is Boomer?
3: Oh my gosh, you guys, I can't say he's he's an incredible, all I can say is he's an incredible man who's been doing that job for more than 20 years, I believe. And he's still crazy in shape. And uh, I mean, I don't even know how he does it. He's like flipping around and riding around a, a, you know, like a scooter or like, what do you call those things you have to balance on? And uh, he's incredibly athletic. So I, I'd reveal his identity if I could, but I feel like that's his story. <laughs> Fair enough. We tried, we tried.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> do you, do you want to plug your social media or do you have any events coming up you wanted to plug real quick?
3: Oh gosh, you guys are too kind. I mean, on social media, I think I, on Instagram, I'm just Jillian Dean TV. I actually have tried to change my Instagram name to just my name, but it won't let me. So I still have TV mm-hmm. at the end of it. Um yeah, I'm events wise, you know, I, I'm always doing charity events. We have an event coming up with the Colts. It's for International Women's Day and it's a breakfast and it's and it's with a nonprofit. That's on the 13th. So I know your audience likely is male-based, but if there are any women listening, I would love to have them out there. That's on Friday morning, March 13th. It's with the Colts. It's it's gonna be awesome. So I feel like that's the next thing I'm doing that outside of the MC work with the Pacers.
1: Awesome.
0: All right. Well, thank you again so much. This was a blast.
3: Thank and you, guys. We'll let you go. Oh, thank you so much. Have a great day. It was nice talking to you.
0: How great was that interview? Dude.
1: So good. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. That was a blast.
0: If I had to rank it, I would say probably a top two interview we've ever done.
1: <laughs> Easily.
0: Easily I, top two. I,
1: I agree. I agree. And we've
0: done thousands of interviews.
1: At yeah. least two. Right. At least two. Maybe thousands. Yeah, who knows? I guess you guys are, if you're listening, you're going to have to go back through and listen to our podcast. An
0: interview is just anytime you talk to anyone, right?
1: I guess so, yeah. I've,
0: I've done a million interviews.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've probably done like a couple million. Yeah, easily. Well, you're older than me, so maybe I've done like True. less than a million. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Anyway, uh, Jillian, thank you for being on this pod. Shout out to her. If you want to follow her on Instagram, it's at TV, And uh, go give her a follow.
0: Yeah, support all the charity work she does.
1: Yeah.
0: Super glad that we got to talk to her today. It was a lot of fun. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Instagram at all.pacers, and on Twitter at all underscore pacers.
1: Yep, because we don't like consistency.
0: No, of course not. We feel like we?
1: a little difference in our social media handles, you know? We
0: want people who follow us on Twitter to really care about finding us on Twitter. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've got to work for it.
1: Yeah, we're very active on Twitter. That's a great follow. I'll tell you that.
0: All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been great. Uh, For Jack and Breezy, this is Jeremy, and we'll see you later. Peace out. It's all about team basketball. It's all about playing the game the right way. The name on the front of the jersey is more important than that name on the back of the jersey. You play for the Indiana Pacers. That's who you represent.